Welcome to Legal News and Review, recipient of the Florida Bar Award of Excellence. Legal News and Review, the only real problem solver radio program using the law. With your moderator, Philip Bell, and hosts and legal panel attorney, Gary Singer, chair of the Broward County Bar Association's Real Property Section. Gary Singer is board certified in real estate law and a syndicated columnist from the Sun Sentinel. He is an expert in his field of practice. Now, here's your moderator, Philip Bell. On the docket for today's program, the Fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution in part reads that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Courts usually defer to what the legislature defines as public use rather than deciding for themselves. Today, we're going to be talking about eminent domain in Florida law. And with the proposed $2 trillion, my goodness, of investment in the infrastructure for the whole country, property owners need to know their rights. Today, from the Polycastro Law Group is founder, Anthony Polycastro, who likes to be called Tony, who has, get this, over 25 years experience representing clients in eminent domain. He represents national corporations along with business owners and individual landowners. But first, I'd like to introduce the legal panelist for today's program, Eric Yankwood. Good afternoon. Good to see you here on the radio, Phil, as always. And Gary Singer's on his way. I guess there was a traffic accident yeah, there was or something. An so today. hopefully he'll be safe when you're driving, ready. people. Be safe. That's right. Stay off the phone texting. Also, good afternoon to our listeners on 96.9 FM, 103.9 FM, and 7:40 AM WSBR, along with our national listeners on iHeart, TuneIn, and iRadio Now. Welcome and thanks for joining us for today's discussion. I also like to remind our listeners we are now podcasting on all the major podcast sites. You could just Google Legal News and Review Podcast Apple, and we do come right up. And on Thursdays, you can actually at 5:30 on most Thursdays, you can tune in and watch us live on Facebook. You can see the programs and you can see the, all the past programs. Just Google Facebook, Legal News and Review, and you'll see we are recording today at the Kelly Ustall building in their very own mock courtroom. You talk about resources. They built a $10 million building dedicated to justice. If you've been severely injured by someone else's negligence, just go to justiceforall.com. Tony Policastro from Policastro Law Group, welcome to Legal News and Review. Thank you, Phil. What is the legal term? I've been hearing this many times, condemnation. What does it mean? Condemnation is really the power of the sovereign, uh, the power of the government or quasi-governmental entities to go ahead and condemn property for a public use. So they have to show necessity. For instance, they have to show that they need to widen the road, they need to build a school, they, um, they need to uh, go ahead with the pipeline, they need to uh, build utilities, all Expand the roads and yes. all the niceties. Mm -hmm. And how do you define public use? Good question. Well, the courts uh, define public use and as something that just benefits the general public. It doesn't benefit an individual entity. You just can't go ahead and uh, condemn property, uh, in Florida at least, for, um, for the benefit of a private developer. When the government talks about acquiring my property, 
it threatens me with condemnation. If I don't voluntarily sell my property to them, what penalties are assessed against me if, if, I, I'm, if I force the government to condemn my property rather than voluntarily just selling it to them? Well, in Florida, there are no penalties against you for not just selling your property to, uh, to the governmental entity. You've got the right, of course, in Florida to be represented by an attorney of your choosing. You have the right to have that attorney paid at the end of the case by the condemning authority. And you also have the right to have your own experts, appraisers, accountants if it's a business, engineers, land planners, contractors and such to help you defend your property rights. So let me get it straight. The government actually pays for my attorney to defend myself against Correct. their at eminent the, domain at, claim. At the end of the case. So if I get $100,000 paid by the government to me? Um, you don't get a percentage of that to you? That is correct. Uh, so I get the, the full 100000 Less any, of course, liens, taxes, or mortgages due on the oh, property. Oh, sure. sure. But sure, they, they pay win or lose, or they pay only if I win? Um, they, the attorney is paid based upon benefit. And so the more benefit that the attorney achieves over and above that original offer to the property owner or the business owner they create a benefit for the client, and that's how you measure the uh, attorney's fee. Here, but none of the money is taken directly out of the compensation for the property owner or business owner. When we were speaking prior to the program, you had an interesting case, and it's just proof of why you do need an attorney, and it doesn't cost you anything ever uh, to, to have an attorney for you, is that I guess one of your clients had a uh, an offer for about seven hundred thousand for the property, and why don't you explain what happened? Oh, that was a case with the water management that you're referring to yeah. in Polk County, where I had a client that um, worked on a case worked on the case with another attorney, and uh, this was a uh, client that owned thirty uh, acres. It was essentially a horse farm out in Polk County that also he lived on the property with his family. He had a had about a house that was about 3,500 square feet. He had a guest home of about 1,000 square feet. And then he had another uh, barn out there that was about 600 uh, square feet. And all of that was being taken by water management because of the uh, issue of of Lake Hancock, uh, they wanted to basically force water downstream, and so they were going to be flooding these various properties and taking the properties. So they went ahead and they had an appraisal done for seven hundred thousand dollars. And the U.S. government—I mean, the government, the, the water management, water the management, water right. management district, Swift Mud—they right. had it uh, done and. They came up with $700,000. Our client disagreed. We had an appraisal done. Uh, our appraisal was for $2.2 million. Imagine wow. that. Now, <laughs> wow. The, now, the difference was, so you know, is this property was taken at the height of the real estate depression in this country. It was taken in July of 2010. And the district was utilizing comparable sales from 08, 09, and 10. Our appraiser, on the other hand, used comps or comparable sales for the property in 06 and 07. And so there was a big fight about that. And the judge ruled 
that, in fact, the appraiser could use those comparable sales, even though the market had changed. But the hmm. key reason that the jury heard that I think swung things in our favor, uh, ultimately for the verdict, was that the property owner went up there and testified that he had a knock on his door from an acquisition agent for the water management district in 07. So essentially, even though they didn't condemn the property for three more years, right. he was kind of frozen in place and couldn't even sell the property if he had wanted to from 07 and on. Key point there. So the jury went ahead and wound up awarding $1.7 million or a million more than the district was at uh, for trial. So position. this goes in front of a jury, not just a judge? You have that it right? It goes in front of a judge only for what's called the order of taking hearing. The judge determines the uh, public necessity, and the judge will also rule on whether or not the condemning authority has a good faith estimate of value, meaning that their appraisal meets the minimum standards required in the state of Florida to qualify as an appraisal. If you meet those two uh, two conditions, the judge will allow title to pass to the condemning authority. However, compensation is not determined by the judge. If the parties cannot work it out um, during the lawsuit through mediation or settlement negotiations, then what happens, it goes to a 12-person jury in Florida. And what's very interested about, uh, interesting about that, from my perspective, is the only time you're entitled to a 12-person jury in the state of Florida is if your life is on the line in a death penalty matter <laughs> case or your property is taken by the government in eminent domain. Everybody else gets a six-person jury. Wow. Now, zoning laws don't affect eminent domain or do they? Because I, I can see, like, in a... Uh, when I was working with the Zoning and Planning Board, uh, we would uh, require certain businesses to have a certain amount of parking spaces. Right. So is that an eminent domain? There's a lot of interplay between eminent domain and zoning, and often we have land planners on the case. Um, you've got a lot of situations where eminent domain ordinance comes into play. Mm -hmm. So um, often counties will have, not all, We'll have eminent domain ordinances, so when the um, government comes, the condemning authority, and say they wipe out a landscape buffer, there'll be an eminent domain ordinance to say, you don't need to put that buffer back because it was taken by, um, uh, by eminent domain. Uh, also, they will allow uh, normally eminent domain relief for changes in setback. So those sort of things. Um, with eminent domain for compensation, what you were talking about directly is, yes, um, it's an issue with parking. And so you usually ha uh, hire a land planner when parking is taken to see um, you know, if you've fallen behind the minimum re uh, requirements. And again, there can be an ordinance on that. But frankly, e most folks have more parking that's than is required by the law, but they want that if they have a business because they're using those spaces. Can changes to access to my property because eminent domain um, result in extra compensation to me under the eminent domain rules? Um, specifically is if they change access as far as closing a driveway, mm -hmm. um, that can result in um, damages to your property. However, if they put a median up 
in the existing right of way, for instance, mm-hmm. there are you, there is no claim that you can make. There's no compensation for that. Um, you know, the courts have ruled that you have no right to traffic going past your property. So the only time that a median can be utilized right. uh, for damages if they build the median in the part that they've just taken. What should someone do? They receive notice that uh, for consideration the government wants their property or, or a portion thereof. What can they do? What should they do to protect the value of their property, more importantly, their rights? Well, I think because of the way that the laws are set up in Florida, where that you have a right to have an attorney to represent you, essentially at no cost, because the attorney is paid at the end of the case, and he's, he or she is paid on benefit. So it is really a very capitalistic sort of driven right. uh, fee where you, know, you make more money for your client, you do a good job, your reward is the attorney fee. Uh, also, experts are paid for at the end of the um, at the end of the case on an hourly basis on an hourly uh, rate. So, I would advise anybody to find an experienced eminent domain attorney to represent them uh, when it comes to getting a notice from the government that they are coming forward to take their property. Well, you work within the southeast Florida, but you also uh, have offices on the other coast. Right. I work all over the state. Um, I actually have uh, my main offices in Clearwater, but I do have satellite offices in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Orlando. Well, I understand you did fly in for today's program. Yes. We appreciate that very much. How do they go about establishing uh, the fair value for the compensation to be paid i mean i mean besides an appraisal it must be a whole set of other calculations well for the fair market value it is an appraiser that starts to value um what the property owner should receive and of course the condemning authority goes first and they create the appraisal and they make the first offer to the property owner based upon that appraisal Uh, The property owner, of course, has the right to get their own independent appraisal done, and that will be what they feel to be uh, full compensation. And, of course, ultimately, if you can't settle it, a jury will determine uh, what is full and fair compensation. Because I imagine it's different for a business than it is for a personal use. Business, I have loss of income as well or loss of yeah, uh, right. potential business. Correct. For I mean, When you're dealing with businesses, that is uh, real estate compensation. When, when, when the government takes your property, that's your constitutional right. That is in the Florida Constitution that you need to be paid full compensation. Business damages uh, are legislative grace. And they are statutory in nature. So actually, the legislature at any time can take away business damages from business owners, and they could not be paid. In most states, they do not recognize business damages. So if we were sitting in Georgia, there is no such thing as business damages. Um, In Florida, there is. Florida, you have to be in business, though, continuously operating for five years on the date that the condemning authority takes your property. Now, if you're in business less than that, but you've bought the business from another ongoing entity and there was no period of shutdown, you can tack on their time onto your years to uh, meet the five-year requirement. 
What if I have a tenant in the building? Does he have or she have any rights? Well, the tenant has the right if for, with business damages if, they, um, if they're there for five years, then they will have those, have those rights. If they're, another important thing with business damages to keep in mind, in order to really make a claim against the condemning authority, you need to have a written lease. And usually you need to have a written lease with substantial amount of years left on it when the property is condemned. And options um, uh, are the same thing as years. Mm -hmm. So often I will advise my clients that if they can get the landlord to give them a couple of five-year options, um, that would be a, uh, a huge benefit to them in making their business damage claim. If it's a tenant in a house, um, that's a different situation. If the DOT condemns uh, the property and they're taking the whole property and the right. tenant can't stay there, then they will um, qualify for federal relocation and the government will actually uh, try to help them move and they will pay for the moving expenses and they will pay for um, literally going out and seeking a new place to live and helping with them with that transition. However, if it is a county condemning the property or a city, federal funds aren't involved, and so therefore they will not be titled to any relocation, and they're literally out of luck. Wow. Well, you know, God bless America. Mm-hmm. You know, these rules uh, certainly protect me. As I said earlier, Gary Singer was on his way, and Gary Singer has arrived. As well. The opposite of Elvis left the building. I guess so. Gary, sorry I'm late. I had a, actually a little client emergency I had to deal with. This is a real lawyer show with real lawyers and real life things happen. As you know, Gary uh, is a prolific writer uh, for the Sun Sentinel, especially on real estate matters. Does eminent domain come up uh, within over the years? Eminent domain actually is something I deal with a lot, but I don't practice in that area, so I refer it out to people. Uh, like our guest today, right. uh, who are have an expertise in it because it's a very specialized, complicated area that you have to get someone who does it all the time and knows it cold to work on it for, not just your general, either, even a specialized real estate guy like me right. uh, is not really necessarily appropriate for you. You need someone with experience. Well, again, we'll, we'll, Tony, will changes in access to my property result in extra compensation to me under eminent domain rules? I mean, to me, that's a major thing that I should be compensated on. Because if I can't get into my property, what's it worth? Well, if you can't get into your property, obviously your property is completely valueless and right. it's damaged out, and it would have a nominal value of maybe a thousand dollars, and and that's about it. But if there's a change of access, uh, uh, for instance, a good example of this was I did a case uh, within the last year or so up in Delray Beach, and it was a gas station off of Atlantic. And they shut one of the driveways off of the Atlantic uh, of the two. They had two remaining on Congress. One was shut down on Atlantic. The taking, though, went into the property as such that they significantly uh, affected the uh, setbacks mm -hmm. to the canopy and to the pumps. Um, they, were they reduced the setbacks 33% to the canopy and about 43% to the pumps. Um, the setback was also changed to the C-Store. They lost a couple of parking spaces. Um, taking away that access, what they did is 
they shut down both driveways actually, and then they re-put in or resituated a new driveway, but they actually lined the driveway up that went right into the building. So it actually screwed up the on-site circulation wow. quite a bit. And so that was a very large case where the initial offer was about $1.1 million to the property owner. And here's a good example of why you should have an attorney is that at the end of the day, we mediated the case and got the client $2.55 million. From, so from where again? $1.1 That's substantial. Yes. That so, and what happened with on the government side of things is that they did find the real estate appraiser found damages to the improvements, but he did not find damages to the land itself. He basically ignored on-site circulation issues, ignored the lo loss of two parking spaces. Um, and even though he had a petroleum expert in there that had a report kind of tucked in the back of the appraisal that said there was damages to the improvements of 35 to 40 percent, mm -hmm. he didn't even damage the improvements to that degree. And then on top of it, we had a business damage claim and the, um, the uh, expert for the DOT, the um, accountant, actually only found temporary business damages for the construction of the new driveway and the closure of the other two. He did not find any permanent business damages. So I was able to demonstrate to DOT that that was really a faulty position and a position that would be a sure loser at jury trial. You know, I think it's interesting in that, um, you know, the state is representing actually the citizens, the people. So they kind of have an obligation to everybody to not pay more than they should, while they have an obligation to the individual property owner to pay as much as they should, which makes kind of a, a hard you know place, I think, from a policy standpoint from them to... Uh, you know, it's very I, hard I hear you, but that's, that's why the number should be closer to the... Fair number. Yeah, well, I, I think you're right. That of course, theoretically it be is fair. right. So I cannot and dealing assume ethically. I cannot assume the government's going to treat me fairly under the eminent domain rules. Then, um, I think that's fair to say that you you really do need an attorney to protect your rights. That's what attorneys are for. Phil, I have a question. So, yeah. in a scenario similar to, I've always wondered this about eminent domain. Let's say you're zoned in a way that you need two parking spaces for every 1,000 square feet. So mm -hmm. you have 4,000 square feet, you need eight spaces. They come in, and they make it so you only have six spaces now. Are you now out of zoned, and you have to make your business smaller? Like, how's that? Or I mean, getting well, we, paid is one thing for the difference in parking, but I mean, how does it affect the zoning aspects now that you don't have enough parking spaces to support the size of your business under the, under the zoning rules? No, I, I agree, and that's a real real-world problem. Often what happens is there's an eminent domain ordinance that we had spoken about before that many counties have eminent domain ordinances that give folks relief that if they go beyond... If they go under the uh, the minimum requirements for parking, that their uh, building or their business can still exist. But of course, the real world problem is if you lose that sort of parking, there's a serious damage, obviously, to the business and to the value of your property. And sure. you should be paid business damages if it's a business and severance damages, which are damages to the real estate. Gotcha. That's interesting. I bet that happens a lot. That happens a lot. Like you were talking about setbacks before, and that makes me, you know, setbacks are not just for you. They're for your neighbors. So you're, you're, so what happens to the neighbors in this case? Let's say they destroy some of your side setbacks. Does that affect, how does, do your neighbors entitled to compensation? Not unless they've had a taking. Yeah, okay, so the fact that they are now closer, let's say, to their neighbor isn't considered a taking. 
correct. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's, that's super interesting. I know I'm a little late, so if you could, if someone does have an eminent domain problem or a curiosity about it or got served with a letter, um, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, they can call me toll-free at 888-371-1600. And do you have one of those interweb sites? <laughs> uh, yes. They can reach me at... Uh, they can either Google my name, which is uh, Anthony Policastro or Policastro Law Group, uh, or they can go to uh, www.policastrolaw.com. Perfect. Very interesting. I only caught the last few minutes, but it was super interesting. I want to thank you very much for being there. And, guys, thanks for uh, allowing me to step in a little late. I appreciate it. And thanks, uh, of Glad course. you make it before your vacation. Uh, me, too. Thanks. So, well, actually, I should be back, I think, by the time it airs. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, for uh, mostly to our listeners, for listening in and learning about this uh, very important topic. Uh, be safe and be legal. You've been listening to the award-winning Legal News and Review, recognized by the Florida Bar's Award of Excellence. To contact the legal panel hosts and guests, go to BeLegalBuzz.com. And to reach Gary Singer, board-certified real estate and syndicated columnist, appearing in 400 media outlets, including the front page of the Money section every Monday in the Sun Sentinel, from the law firm of Gary M. Singer, PA, call 954-851-1448. For legal news and review, remember, be legal.